All right, well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church. I am so thankful that you tuned in today because I have something good to tell you. I have something very exciting to share with you. I've been waiting for about six months probably to share this with you, but starting on November the 1st, that's right, mark your calendars right now, on November the 1st, we are gonna be opening back up to the public and begin to have worship services right back here in person on November the first. I'm just going to go in and clap. You don't have to clap. I'm going to clap for it because I can't wait for you to join us on November the 1st, right here in the house, in person. And I'm telling you what, we're going to continue to worship the Lord, get back on mission, and continue to focus on what he has for us as a church. And as your pastor, I've never been more excited to be able to share that with you today. In fact, that's probably it. Time for invitation, and we'll get the worship team back out. Let's just go on back. We're going to keep on worshiping, right? Because there's nothing in me that's just so exciting to be able to see our family as a community of faith to get back together. I'm telling you what, my heart is just ecstatic with joy and and I just want to let you know, mark your calendars. We'll give you some more details of what that's going to look like uh, and things like that as we get a little bit closer. But we're just a month away, November the 1st. Put it on your calendar right here at Better Life Church, back in person, in-person worship experiences. And so, man, we can't wait. Now, obviously, we know there are several people and several members of our church and people in our church and a community of faith uh, that due to COVID and stuff are not able to be back in person. And let me tell you what, that is okay. We have this right here. We're going to speak into your life. You can continue to do a watch party. You can watch this online until it's safe enough for you guys to be able to, to join us back. And listen, and we're praying for you. We're with you. And I, we know you haven't abandoned us, that you're right here. And we're right here for you, too, to serve you in any capacity that we can. So if that's you and we can help in any way, please let us know. Or if you have any ideas how we continue to minister to you, even through you know the internet or TV, whatever it may be, we are here for you to serve you. And so November the 1st. Okay, y'all ready to pray? And let's just go on home, right? I'm excited about that. But we got to finish up this uh, the, today's message. And we're in a series called Killjoy. And I'm telling you what, man, I don't know about you, but this has been this preaching to myself. People have been sending me texts, say, Pastor, man, come on, man, you're, you're, you're stepping on my toes and you're, you're doing a, something. God's doing a work in my life. I said, trust me, I've been preaching to myself through this whole entire series. We talked about pride and how, how all sins lead you away from God, but pride tries to elevate you to be God, above God, so you can be your own God. Then we talk about envy and jealousy, which basically says, God, you owe me. The reason why I'm envy of that person, because you gave them something that I deserve, that I want. My heart is jealous, it's envy for that. And so, God, you owe me. And God never made a mistake with you. God never said oops with you. God has, has a perfect plan for your life. And then last week we talked about anger. Some of you got angry because we talked about anger. You know what I'm saying? If you're that person, you know what I'm talking about, right? You got angry because we talked about anger. And I'm telling you, that was the message again to speak to our hearts too, is like what's behind our anger. Anger, if you, if you missed that, go back and watch it. Anger is a secondary emotion. There's something always behind anger. In fact, we see God ask that question a couple of times through the scripture. Why are you so angry? What do you have the reason to be angry for? Because God wants you to get to the real reason that's causing you to be a hothead and the reason that you're angry towards other people. But today is a message I never preached before ever in the history of preaching in my life, and that has been a very, very long time now. For over two decades, I've been communicating God's word, and it has been a long time. I have never preached on this subject today, and we're gonna be talking about the subject of slothfulness. We're gonna talk about sloth. In fact, look at the person beside us, say sloth. Like, what in the world does that mean? When you think of the word sloth, what comes to your mind? 
Anybody think of Osage? Come on, if you thought of Osage, get your hand up. Kids, if you're sitting there at a watch party right now, you have permission as soon as this service is over, it's to put on Netflix or whatever and watch Osage. Say, Mom, Dad, I wanna rent Osage. Because I think about sloth, right? I mean, we think of Osage. Or for my family, it's Zootopia, right? Come on, Flash. Remember Flash at the DMV? Very slow, Zootopia, you know what I'm saying? You didn't watch it? It's, it's, it's funny as well. And we laugh at that movie all the time when my little girl wants to watch it with Daddy, because she's Daddy's girl, and that's just how we roll at my house. And she's my favorite. But anyway, uh, she's my favorite girl. Uh, she's my only girl. But anyway, so we like that movie. And you think of a sloth, you think of this like very slow moving creature. So one of the funnest things about preparing for this sermon today was doing all this research on sloth and looking at pictures. So we have a picture for you at home. Here's what a sloth looks like in case you don't know what a sloth looks like. Oh, isn't it so cute, right? I mean, oh my goodness. I'm looking to the screen right here like, oh, look at the sloth, right? He's hanging in a tree, right? Let me tell you something about sloth. These guys are so, so super slow. In fact, they don't even come out of the tree about just once a week just to use the restroom. Now, I know it's a funny picture, you know, a sloth using a restroom. Maybe appropriate to say to relieve itself, right? It's so slow moving, it only gets out of the tree once a week just to do it. Listen, it, it, it is so slow moving that it's, it's fur that it has, its hair grows algae on it because it can't get itself clean fast enough. That's disgusting, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they can only move a few feet an hour. Like if a sloth was in a 100-yard dash, it would, it would finish in uh, December. You know what I'm saying? Like they are so slow. And we think of sloth, you think of laziness, and you think of all this stuff. So, so what comes to your mind when you, when you think of sloth? Some of you quit looking at the table and looking at the sofa. You're looking at somebody, don't nudge nobody right now. Don't be nudging them right now, okay? You know, something that's slothful, they sleep, these guys sleep 15 to 20 hours a week. Parents, you do have permission to nudge your teenager right now. Nudge him, point at him. Say, he's talking, he's preaching to you, son. Pay attention. He's preaching to you, right? 20, 15 to 20 hours a day, they sleep because they're so slothful, right? They're so lazy in the sense when you think of sloth, but sloth is just not about being lazy. It's not just that, it's a perspective change. And this morning, I, I wanna share with you a little bit about this topic of sloth, because some of you right now, you're a little prideful. You're just a little bit prideful right now, and you're saying, Pastor, man, that pride sermon, it got me. I'm on man, you got me on that. You're gonna say, man, when you talked about envy, you're right, I'm jealous. I'm jealous, I'm envy of somebody, they have something I want, you got me there. Angry, you're right, I slam cabinet doors, I shouldn't slam the car door, I shouldn't yell, you, 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 that my kids know how to push my heart, but you got me. But you ain't gonna get me with sloth because I'm a hard worker. I got a strong work ethic, I'm very productive, I work hard with my hands, and you're not gonna get me with this sermon. Well, my, first of all, I'm not trying to ever get you. That's not the reason why I preach, As I'm gonna get you. No, that's not the reason why we share. I want you just to open up your heart and, open up your heart and examine, am I slothful in areas of my life? Because just because you're productive doesn't mean you're slothful. It doesn't. Just because that you're always busy all the time and you're always busy. And that, that busyness seems to be like a badge of honor with people. Have you ever bumped into people, even through COVID, when everybody's like at home? Like, what are you doing, man? Busy. What are you busy doing, man? You're not even, you know, what do you mean you're busy? People wear busyness as a badge of honor. Every time you see somebody, you see somebody at Kirker, how you been doing? Hey, life's just busy. How's work? Life is work's just busy. How's school? Busy, 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 busy. Like you wear it as a badge of honor that you're always 
busy. And I'm, I had a whole sermon on this, but busy people are broken people. That's another one. You, you, we could talk about that later. If you always say you're busy, it's because you're broken, but we can get to that some point down the road. But just because you're always organized, you know, you have people always organized. You ever notice that? You go into someone's house, and they're always, my wife and I were talking about this, you know, because we're, we're trying to get our kids to do things around the house and keep things picked up. And it's amazing how everything could be completely spotless. And then you go to bed and wake up in the next morning, and everything just kind of came back out in the middle of the night. You know what I'm talking like Toy Story. They just crawled out and they're everywhere. Like, how did this even happen, right? And you go to somebody's house and everything's so organized, right? The glasses are the same height. And when you open the cabinet and we got like plastics and we got like glass and we got like, you know, coffee mugs all mixed up. Like you're just like shuffling around just trying to get it. But you go, some people like they're always organized. Like their garage, like you could eat off their garage floor. Showroom, you know what I'm talking about? Like this, and you're like going, and then you get envy, right? Like, oh, what do they have? And you're so jealous because they're always, like, always so organized. Listen, just because you're organized and all your spice are listed in alphabetical order doesn't mean that you're not slothful. Slothful is something different than just being lazy because so many people work hard, but they still, still in their heart can be slothful. And that's what I want to talk about today. And so we're going to go to one of the uh, greatest books in the Bible, and it's the book of Proverbs. I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bible, go to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to be flipping through. I, I shared with Mason. He's, he was entering the text to, to this morning for me. And I, tell, I told him, I said, man, I think I put the whole book of Proverbs, 31 chapters in there, because the Proverbs is full of wisdom. This is Solomon. Uh, this is King David's son when the wisest, not the wisest person apart from Jesus that walked the face of the planet. And man, there is so much good stuff in the book of Proverbs. In fact, I just wanna encourage you, if you don't know where to start reading your Bible, Today, however you wanna find out, start with the day of the week it is, whatever it may be, if it's October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, whatever it may be for you, and start with that proverb, and just read one proverb a day. If you don't know where to go, go, there's so much wisdom, and if you do that, you would read through the book of Proverbs 12 times. There's 31 Proverbs, and you have to double up a couple days there because some days don't have 31, but I'm telling you, it's so rich and full of wisdom. There's so many gold nuggets in the book of Proverbs. And I'm gonna share a few of those with you today. And when you read through the book of Proverbs, what you're gonna find is several characters. Several, several different characters that Solomon used. Solomon talks about a fool. Like, here's what a fool does. Now, we don't really use that word anymore. You fool, you're being a fool. And, and unless you still watch Mr. T from the 80s, he, he pities the fool, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one uses the word fool anymore. The Bible's full of people who are foolish and calls them, God even says, you fool, why do you do this? So we have a character in the Proverbs who's a fool. Then we got a character who's a wise person. If you wanna be wise with how you live, with your relationships, with your finances, the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom on how to handle relationships, how to handle conflict, how to handle situations, how to handle your finances. Like, I'm telling you, it's full of wisdom. So it's the character of the wise person. There's also a character that's a father, talks how a father, talks about a son. It talks about the commendable woman. And the book of Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman, it talks about how commendable this woman is and, and, and how graceful and beautiful and how God uses her greatly in her family and the workplace. It's amazing. If you never read the Proverbs 31, ladies, go and read that. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful picture of wisdom of being this commendable woman. And then there's the one we're gonna talk about today. And it's definitely a word that I haven't heard. I don't know if I ever heard anybody say, and that's the word sluggard. Like, you sluggard. It's, it's the picture of this person who's a sluggard and the book of Proverbs is full of these pictures. So I want you to know slothfulness or being a sluggard, it's not just lazy. So don't just think about a person laying on a sofa eating potato chips, they never do nothing. Yeah, that's laziness, that's being slothful. But you can be so, so busy, so, so productive, have a strong work ethic and still be slothful 
in your heart. So that's what I'm going to ask you to do. Open up your heart and let's walk through this. I'm going to talk about the cause of slothfulness. I'm going to talk about what it will cost you in your life if you continue in slothfulness. And then I'm going to talk about how do we fix it? How do we cure this in our life so it doesn't steal the joy that God has for us? So if you're ready to get started, look at the person beside you and say, let's go. Let's go. All right, here we go, here we go. Proverbs 26, 13 through 16. We'll start with verse 13. Proverbs 26, starting in verse 13. Let's look at some of the calls. A sluggard says, this is the person who's slothful, there's a line in the road, a fierce line roaming the streets. Now let's just stop right there. What in the world does that mean? Like, I, I love this. I love how, how Solomon just throws out and, and, and the, the wisdom of just the pictures that we see. Like, the guy who was slothful, the gal who was slothful, they, 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 they sit there and they go, I can't go outside. I can't go to work. I can't do it. Why? Did you see there's a line in the street? Like, is there really a line in the street? Is there really a fierce line roaming around town just keeping you from going to work, from keeping you from going outside? Well, what is he trying to say here? He said, somebody who is slothful is someone who is always making excuses, never to, and you fill in the blank. Never wanting to go to work, never passionate about work, not passionate about life. They're always making excuses. Someday I'll get to it. Someday I'll play with the kids. Someday I'll get off the sofa. Someday I'll finish that project. Someday, 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 and it robs them of today. You know anybody who's always making excuses? See, you never thought that making excuses all the time not to complete, not to do something maybe that God wants you to do is slothful. God wants us to work. I don't know if you know this, but before sin entered into the world, God put Adam and Eve to work the, the earth, to work. Work was pre-the fall. Work was pre-before sin entered. There, when we get to heaven, do you know that we'll be working and serving God? Did you know that? Like if you, if, you, if you think that when you get to heaven, you're gonna grow wings and you're gonna sit on a cloud and play a harp, that wouldn't be heaven. That sounds like hell to me. You know what I'm saying? That'd be terrible, right? Who wants to do that? That's not what's gonna happen. God is gonna look at you and how we live our life today, how we served him faithfully will be on how he places us and we serve him for all eternity. Like, did you know that? Like, work is what God's called us to do. Work is something God wants us to do. And there's a way that we can do it that honor Him, that shows the world, the work ethic that we have, that how we are followers of Jesus. But the slugger says, I can't go to work. You see all the lines out there? See, everybody's out to get me. When I go, everybody wants to talk about it. Listen, 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 listen. Quit making excuses. A slothful person is always making excuses about doing the things that God wants them to do or accomplishing the things that God wants them to do. And maybe you have a very strong work ethic. Maybe, you have very, maybe you're very productive. Maybe you're not the, the guy who's just sitting on the sofa saying this, but in your heart, you're slothful to the things of God. You're slothful for being obedient to what he has for you. And you always make excuses like, I can't read my Bible. It's hard to understand. I can't read my Bible. I don't know where to start. I can't go to church. Are you kidding me? If I go to church, people are gonna judge me. I can't serve. I'm not gifted. God can't use me to give. I, I, I can't be generous to other people. I'm broke myself. How am I going to be blessing other people? You see that? I don't know if you know that. That's a slothful attitude towards the things of God. You're lazy towards the things that God has for you. And though the wisest person apart from Jesus that walked the planet Earth says this, stop making excuses and do the things that God has called you to do. Look at verse 14. 
This is, this is, I love these pictures. As a door turns on its hinges, so a slugger turns in his bed. Now, what does that mean? I mean, you, as a door just goes back and forth on its hinges, it's the same thing as a slugger who just turns over, not and day, just turns over and over in his bed. What is he trying to say? There's a lot of movement, but there's no progress. There's a lot of movement, but you're not going anywhere. The door moves more than anything else, back and forth, back and forth, but it never goes anywhere. It sits still. Some of you right now, you're slothful. You're busy, 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 busy doing good things, and you're missing the best things that God has for you. You're moving. You're like in a rocking chair. You're rocking, and man, you're working, but you're not going anywhere. Did you know that slothfulness? When we don't progress and move in the things that God has for us, See, you thought that, hey, slothful is just about being lazy and I'm not lazy, I'm a strong person. My parents told me to have a good, strong work ethic. Your heart could be slothful towards the things of God that he wants for you. You could be so busy doing your stuff, working your kingdom, that you miss what advancing his kingdom. That's slothfulness. That's what sloth is in our heart. And listen, when we do those things, it will rob us of the joy that God has for you and for me and for our families. And not just that, watch this. You will rob the world why God placed you here to use you to bring joy in their life. Because I'm so busy. Dad will get to you sometime. I'm so busy cleaning. Don't have time to play with the kids. I'm so busy worrying. I don't have time to do the things that God wants. I'm moving. I'm swinging on the hinges. I'm tossing in my bed but I'm not going anywhere. And Solomon, and it's like, no, 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 no. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Move and progress in the things he wants. If not, you're gonna have a sluggard heart, and this is slothful towards the Lord. Verse 15, a sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it to his mouth. Now this one, this one, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, this one spoke to me. This one spoke to me. This is a person, now watch this, imagine, uh, my, my, I think my boys, I saw the bowl this morning when I woke up and they did not put the dish away. They had made some popcorn, right? They must have made some popcorn because the popcorn dish was there and they didn't leave none for me, but that's another whole summer. We'll get to it later because they're greedy. Uh, anyway, and so, um, and, and so they, they had the popcorn and, and it's like, imagine putting your hand in the popcorn bowl and leaving it there. Never pick up a piece of popcorn. Never raise your hand and put it to your mouth. You just put your hand in the bowl. For me, that would be like putting my hand in a cookie jar. I don't have a cookie jar. I don't know if anybody has cookie jars anymore. I just put my hand in the whole bag. Just give me all of them, right? Put my hand in the bag, and I grab the cookie, right? And I don't, I don't, I never bring it out to eat it. What, what is he saying here? Someone who is slothful starts something, but they never finish. And I'm gonna be honest, that one really spoke to me. Because that, that, honestly, that, a lot of times that's me. I start something and I don't finish. My wife will amen you. I start a project and I don't finish the project. You know what I'm saying? You ever done that before? I start folding clothes and I leave and like, why didn't you finish? I didn't finish what I started, right? I started a project at the house and I leave it half done and it's not run, right? I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Like that one really, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh. It was like the Holy Spirit, like that's you. You start things and you don't finish. Maybe the reason why I don't finish is because I'm so distracted of things that are not Godly things, or I wouldn't say godly things, they're not bad things, but they're the things of God. I'm so distracted doing other things of maybe that the, what people expect of you or maybe what the world expects of you that I don't finish what God has for me. I start out going maybe to church. I start out maybe going to a group. I start out filling in like, hey, I like to begin to help and bless people and serve people, but I don't follow through. I don't finish it. And it was very eye-opening to me when I realized in the book of Proverbs, that's a slothful spirit, that's a slothful heart. 
And so you have to swallow your pride and go, whoa, woe is me. Like, I'm not preaching at you, man. I'm preaching to myself like, man, that is me. Like I start things and, I, and I, 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 I won't finish it. And so that's a person who's not focused. It could be also someone who's a procrastinator. Any procrastinators in the house? You know what I'm talking about? You procrastinate. And, and that's a picture of slothfulness. It's like, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll put it off, right? I, I'll get to it later, but later never comes. I'll finish it but you never finish. That's a slothful spirit, and that will cost you in the long run. He goes on and says in verse 16, he says, a slugger is wiser in his own eyes than seven people to answer discreetly. What's he saying? My best picture of this to help you understand this, and of course, I know sports are kind of messed up right now, but you ever notice when you go to a game how many coaches are in the stand? Come on, parents, I'm preaching at you, you know what I'm saying, right? How many coaches, right? Like, you know more than a coach. You had the right play drawn up. You put the wrong player in, and you're like, you put the wrong player in and pass it. The coach, why don't you, oh, come on, don't you see? And the coach is down there, has a game plan, has been working hard, and he knows what he's doing, but now you become a coach. Why? Because you believe <laughs> that you know more or that you're smarter than, right? You're a coach, not the player. And what he's saying to a sluggard, they sit back and they look at everybody and tell everybody what's wrong, but they never fix themselves. They look out and point out the problems of the world, but they never do nothing about it. They talk about injustice, but what are you doing about helping injustice? They talk about all the problems, but then they don't do nothing about it. They're, they're the coach, they wanna sit back in the stands or, or, or a spectator even, but they don't do nothing. They don't on the court, they don't get in the game. They don't, they don't actually do something. They're the, they're the ones who complain, they have the critical eye going, you should and I fix that and here's how to fix it. And here's what you should do, but they never do it themselves. Did you know that's a slothful heart? It really goes into practicing what we preach. Do what you say. Lead by example. Don't just sit back and point out all the problems and then don't do nothing about it. Anybody can do that. <laughs> Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't do nothing about it. Anybody can point that. But what are you going to do about it? How are you going to begin to change your life? How are you going to be to change and live to show people uh, for the next generation to come that we don't follow in that way? This is how we live. Did you know that's a slothful spirit? Man, when we, I mean, and we just got through four verses. I mean, this is insane. So what causes this? Like, what causes this in our lives? Look at Proverbs 13, 4. And this one, this one's a big one. It says, the soul of the sluggard, the internal beings that makes you up, the soul, the inside of you, craves, but gets nothing. I wanna focus on that word craves because that's the problem. You know what the sluggard heart craves? You know what it is? That word craves is a desire. Slothfulness is an inward desire that's pointed in the wrong direction. I desire what people think about more of me than fill in the blank. I desire comfort than doing what God wants me to do. I desire security, so I work real hard and store up all my assets and store up all my fun and store up and hoard it all so that someday I can eat, drink, and be merry because I desire comfort. You could be busy and still be slothful. 
I clean the house. I have everything speak and span because it, it makes me feel good, but I miss doing the things that God may want me to do, maybe to spend time with your kids or maybe just read your Bible because you never have time to do something because my desire is to have this clean or whatever it may be because it makes me feel better than spend time with my Heavenly Father or spend time with my children or spend time with my spouse. It's a misplaced desire. Not that those are bad desires, it's just misplaced, and it will fill your heart. The slugger craves, and usually at the end of the day, they crave comfort over anything else. So there's a slothful spirit in their life. It's like the worship of comfort here that causes this, if you were to say laziness in, in some people, and it's lawful is more than just being lazy. Yes, there are lazy people, and the Bible talks all about being lazy, that you should work hard and all this stuff. But the cause is a misfocused desire of your heart. And so when I was reading that in Proverbs 13, 14, I was like, what is the desires of my heart? How do I fix the desires of my heart? How do I make sure that the desires of my heart are focused on the right things that God has for me? Because if you don't, it will cost you. And it will cost you heavily. Let me blitz through some of these for you real quick. Proverbs 6, 6, look what it says. Go to the ant, you sluggard. I saw ants this morning on my countertop. I was like, hey, where'd you get out of here? And I was like, I'm preaching about, I, like, I looked, I said, like, I'm preaching about you today, man. I'm preaching about you. Go get those crumbs. You know, I'm like, I'm preaching about you today. And this is what it says. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. He says, go learn from ants. How do we learn from ants? It has no commander in chief, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long would you lie there, you sluggard? Will you not get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief scarcity, like an armed man. Let me tell you what will cost you if you continue to have a slothful spirit. God's provision. God wants to provide for you. And he does that through you working out of obedience to him. And he says, watch how ants, they don't have to be told what to do. They have no commander in chief. They're disciplined. They got it. They get it. They understand it. They're focused. They have a target. They go at it. And the thing is, we are focused, but do we have the right focus? We have a target of retirement. We have a target of prestige. We have a target of accolade. We have a target of a GPA. We have a target of what people think about us. So we try to hit those. And what happens is we miss the great thing that God has for us because we're so concerned about good things, we miss what? The best thing. And we'll miss the provision that God has for us when we get off track and have this slothfulness or the sloth in our heart. Another thing we miss in Proverbs 20, verse four, this is a cost that will cost you. Sluggers do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. You know why they have nothing to show for? Because they didn't do anything. And here's what happens, they begin to lose progress in their life. Progress in their life. You wanna progress, right? We don't wanna be where we are. We wanna progress, we wanna move, we wanna be where God. God, is, it's what we talk about in sanctification. God's still working on me, right? He said, there's progress in this Christian walk. There's progress, but if I got a slothful spirit, I'll miss the progress that he has for me. I'll be so consumed in my own kingdom and miss what he has for me. And I'll miss the progress of advancing the kingdom, advancing the gospel, 
because I'm so concerned about advancing my kingdom, my goals, what I want for my life. You see, a lot of times we don't see that as slothment. It's really apathy towards the things of God. Proverbs 10, 26 says, as vinegar to the teeth. I hate vinegar, so that just, that, that's disgusting. But as vinegar to the teeth, smoke to the eyes, so are sluggers to those who send them. You ever been around a campfire before, right? And you're sitting there like it's beautiful and all of a sudden the wind changes and it blows the smoke right in you and you can't breathe and your eyes begin to burn. And you're like, everybody, they're like, smoke follows beauty. And that's what everybody says, right? Oh, that, what's, who makes that up? Where does that come from, right? And your eyes get smoky and you can't even see and you're trying to get it, it burns your eyes. He says the slugger's the same way. When you looked upon them, when people see that, it's like, why are you doing, why you got such a slothful spirit? Why are you missing the things of God? Why, why are you being like that? And you listen, this can begin to, deteriorate people's trust in your reputation in life because of your slothfulness and you don't even know what's even there. Because their eyes are full of smoke because of what you're giving off from your life. And then here's the big one you'll cost you is your purpose. If you have a slothful spirit, you'll miss your purpose. God has a purpose for you. He created you, he picked you, he chose you to be born. And every single person conceived has a purpose in life. At that moment, born from above, in the mother's womb, from day one, day one of that conception, God has a purpose for that person's life. And the purpose God has for you, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork. We're his craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus, watch this, to do good works. He's got a work for you to do. Do you see that? Work. Not to just do good things and not just sit around and, no, I got work for you to do. Like following Jesus, you're gonna work to advance the kingdom. And there's nothing wrong with work. Slothfulness says, I don't wanna advance the kingdom. I don't wanna do work. I, don't, I just wanna like, just don't just wanna go to work, come home and it's like coast through life. No, a sluggard coast through life with no purpose. And they wandered aimlessly. To do good works which God prepared, watch this, watch this in advance for us to do. Before you were even born, God thought of you and he had a purpose for you to advance his will and his ways and your purpose and your generation. And if you're slothful, you will miss your purpose. So what's at risk here? You know what's at risk for a slothful spirit? Let me tell you what's at risk. Yes, we know it will steal your joy and kill your joy, but let me tell you what's at risk a wasted life. Who signs it for that? Who wants to go and say, you know what? My goal in life is just to waste it. I wanna waste my life on things. I just wanna waste my life. No one in the right mind would say, hey, my purpose in life is just to waste away. I just wanna waste it. I got a focus. I've got a purpose. God has an agenda for me to accomplish, and I don't wanna miss this purpose. And I know what some of you are saying, my life right now, it's, it's uncomfortable. My work that I do is uncomfortable maybe for you or maybe for you like, I just hate my job. I just hate what I do and, and I hate the things that I have to do. I, I, you say I gotta work and I wanna work and, and show that work ethic to the world, but man, I just, I, I don't like what I do or I hate what I do. Listen, listen to me. That could be the best place for you to grow is in a place that you don't wanna be. That could be the best place for God to do a work in your life or for you to grow and to show you his purpose in your life in a place that you don't even want to be because the Bible says it doesn't matter what you do. 
It doesn't matter where you go. Do it as you do it unto the Lord. If you're a banker, do it as unto the Lord. If you're a stay-at-home mom, do it as unto the Lord. If you're a teacher, do it as unto the Lord. If you're an electrician, a pot fitter, a boiler maker, you do it unto the Lord as he is the person you're working for. How would that change? How would that change our society if Christians to say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not working for you. You may give me a paycheck, but I'm serving the Lord. I work for the Lord, so I'm gonna be diligent in how I work. Man, people would see that in us. And God will use that, I'm telling you, to work in people's lives. There's a story, a parable found in Luke 12. And I know you've heard this story. And I want, I want you to see this real quick. Even though it doesn't use the word slothfulness, you can see it traces through the story in this parable. Basically, this guy is very successful. He worked very hard. He accumulated a lot of grain at the time, a lot of accolades. He's very wealthy in the grain as a farmer. He accumulated all this stuff, strong work ethic, everything was great. Very, he progressed in all that he did, and he woke up one day, and he says, you know what? What am I going to do with all my stuff? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work harder. And all these barns that I have, I'm going to tear down these barns and I'm going to build bigger barns to store my grain. And then after I store my grain, I'm going to have so much stored up that I can take years and years and years and years off. And I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And in the story, God says, you fool. You were so busy trying to build your kingdom, do your things that you are not focused on the things of God because here's what's gonna happen. Tonight, your life is gonna demand you, which means you're gonna die. And you've wasted with a strong work ethic, working hard, storing up, building your kingdom, doing all the things that you thought were the right things to focus on to do. And then tonight, your life is gonna be gone. And then who's gonna get all the stuff you worked for? You see, listen to me, sir, there's nothing wrong with working hard, there's nothing wrong with having things, but you are apathy towards God because it goes on in that same text and he says at the end of it, this is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but are not rich towards God, or not uh, uh, has this lack of passion towards God to be used by God. See, really slothfulness it's apathy towards God, apathy in your walk with Him and you're reading His Word and praying and serving and, and, and celebrating with the family. I'm just apathetic towards the things of God. I'm very passionate about my work. I'm very passionate about my accolades. I'm very passionate about my education. I'm very passionate about that GPA. I'm very passionate about scoring the best on that test. Great. But where's that towards the Lord? About the things of God. Well, I really don't have that. That's sloth. That's sloth. And every single one of us have been there. That we're more concerned about our stuff, our kingdom, good things, that we miss the purpose why God put us here and not focus on God things. And that will rob you from joy. And I believe that even though that we think that sloth doesn't speak to us because we're not lazy. It's one of the attacks of the enemy is to distract you, not even with bad things, but good things, that you miss the best things. And that's a slothful heart.
And that's the reason we did this series. And that's the reason we did this message is to turn our hearts and affections that I don't want to be lazy towards God. I don't want to be lazy towards my purpose. I don't want to be lazy towards the things in the kingdom of God in my life and how he wants to. I don't want to be lazy. I'm going to be focused on what God has for me. So what's the cure? How do I fix this? How does this work out in my life? Well, let's go back to Proverbs 21, 25 real quick. The craving of a sluggard will be the death of him because he ha- his hands refuse to work. Now, the beginning of this, the, the desire, the craving, it's in here. It's not a work, it's in here will be the end of him. How do we fix this? You know, I'm reminded of Jesus. He's in the garden. Judas is about to betray him. He's already left. They've already had the Lord's Supper together. And he goes and he prays. And he gets before the Father. I'm going to teach on this sometime in the near future. But he, he says, let this cup pass for me. What cup? You ever thought about that? Is the Bible, like, what, what's it mean by cup? What's a cup? What's in the cup? Let this cup, cup of what? But he says, let this cup pass for me. But then he goes on and says, but not my will, not my desires, but your desire and your will be done. And he went to the hardest place of his entire life. He went to the cross for you because he desired what God wanted him to do greater than saying, you know what, can this pass for me? Is there any other way that mankind can be saved? If there is, God, please let it reveal today. But Jesus submitted and said, but not my desire, not what I want. I want what you want to be done. How do you do that? How do you do that? And so I prayed about it and I was thinking through it. And I was looking up the word desire. I started doing some Bible research on it and, and finding out in the Bible like, and places where desire was mentioned. And if it's desires that crave slothfulness, how do I fix my desires? How do I change a desire? inward and then I came across Psalms 37 and look what it says it says take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and as I read that I was thinking wait wait so take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of my heart How do I fix my desires if my desires are not bad desires, they're not so much advancing the kingdom or ungodly desires, I have good desires. How do I fix that? And then I begin to read right there in the beginning. Take delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord and it will change the desires of your heart and then God will give you the desires of your heart. And so I started just walking that out. I was like, what does the world, what in the world does delight mean? You know what delight means? When you delight in something, it means to have a high, high degree of joy. 
And what God is saying, when you are so joyful and joyous in me, then I will give you everything your heart desires. Everything you long for. But if you keep this slothful spirit and don't delight in me and in my ways and in my advancing the kingdoms and my purpose and my plan for your life, it will kill the joy because you won't be delighted in me. You'll be more delighted in your bank account. You'll be more delighted in what you got on the test. You'll be more delighted than you got into college. You'll be more delighted that they invited you to the party. You'll be more delighted that you got the job. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But we are more delighted in these accolades than we are to advancing God's kingdom. And he says that's slothfulness. So if I would delight myself in the Lord, he's saying these things that you want and long for, I will give you desires of your heart because here's what's gonna happen. When you delight in me, when you find your joy in me, not your title, not your net worth, not what people think about you, when you define, when you get that delight from in me, it's gonna change your heart. And watch this. And when your heart changes, so will your desires. Because if you're delighted in him, you know what my heart and my desires are gonna be? Him. Not what Daniel wants. My heart is gonna be desiring what he wants. My heart will desire to advance his kingdom not my kingdom. My heart will desire to spend time with him, not waste time in my life. My heart will desire, God, what's your purpose and plan and how can I fulfill in the generation you have, not what my kingdom and what my purpose and plans are. Did you see that? When I am so joyful in him, my heart will follow. And he says, then, everything you desire, I will grant to you because I know if you're joyful in me, your desires will be godly desires towards me. And I'm telling you what, I think more than anything, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what's happened in your life, we need to delight in the Lord. We need to change our focus and our perspective and begin to delight in Him and His purpose and His will for our lives. And I'm telling you, it sounds so simple. So simple. But if we'll delight in him, our desires will change, which will be focused on him. And then I will give you what your heart longs for. And I bet you, and I know this to be true because the Bible, our hearts will lie to us. And your heart may say, this is what you need to be happy. This is what you need for people to like you. This is what you need to feel good about yourself. This is what you, and your heart will lie to you. And God's like, no, 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 this is what you need. That I love you, that I approve of you, that you're more than enough, that you are an overcomer, that you are a conqueror, that I created you just the way that you are. I've never made a mistake. I love everything about you, how you look, the color of your hair, the color of your eyes. I picked that for you. I, I love you, I adore you. And when you get to that point in your life, so it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me. It all matters what he thinks about me and I delight in him. Ooh, man, peace. Peace overflows your soul. And you're like, you know what? I really don't even need that. I really don't care if people think about that because God, this is my desire for you. And I'm telling you, that will begin to change and shift a slothful heart. I'm gonna ask you real quick just to bow your heads. <laughs> I told 
I told Mason, he's back here on the keys. I love Mason. He's awesome. He's getting ready to go up on stage. He said, hey, when you want me to come out and play the keys? I said, you know what, man? This message is going to be really short. I said, probably be, I don't know, 15, 18 minutes. You know, I'm going to be in and out. I said, just come on up. <laughs> and I went a little bit longer than that. But I think the reason why is because God wanted to speak to us. I want you to know, man, he preaches way to me through this. And I have to repent of my slothful spirit way before I come up on stage and preach it. And so I'm gonna ask you, as I did even today, God, will you start doing a little bit of heart surgery? Will you begin to cut off the things, the desires that are not from you? Will you forgive me of my slothful spirit? Maybe of making excuses, maybe starting things and not finishing them. Maybe think you're the spectator or you're the coach, but you never get in the game and play. And just ask God to do a work in your heart and then say, God, I'm gonna start delighting in you. My joy comes from you, not what people think about me. My joy comes from you, not what job that I have. My joy comes from you, not what my bank account says. My joy comes from you, no matter when, if I retire, if I ever retire, who cares? My joy comes from you. It's not a goal, it's not a thing, it's not something I check off, it's not I got into school. I mean, that's awesome, that's great, I'm gonna rejoice in that. And that really is the equivalent in the New Testament. Delight yourself in the Lord, Paul says in Philippians 4.4, rejoice always. Rejoice. Man, this COVID stuff is bad. Rejoice. Man, our world, is, it's, it's messed up. Rejoice. Hey, man, it's a crazy political season. Rejoice. Why? He loves you. Your name is written in the book of life. Delight in him. And maybe for you, you've never given your life to Jesus. Wow, what a day to do that. What an unbelievable day for you, sir or ma'am, sitting right there to give your life to Jesus. Just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I believe. Don't be slothful about it. Don't wait. Don't put your hand in a bowl, but then don't do nothing about it. Do something about it. If he's tugged at your heart, give your life to him. I'm not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Give your life to him. Right now, don't wait. Don't have a slothful spirit and delaying. Now's the day of salvation. Your life could demand you tonight. No, today, don't wait, don't delay. You can cry out to him where you sit and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me and I believe you died for me and I believe you got out of the grave for me. And today, I give my life to you. Now help me follow you for the rest of my life. If that's you, just in a moment, host is gonna come up and they're gonna share with you some of your next steps that you could take just by letting us know because we wanna pray for you. Here's a question that I want you to ask. If, you, if, if you're sitting by yourself, that's fine. If you got some people around you, that's cool. But what are, what is, what are some things or what's one way or what can you do to begin to delight in the Lord? So I want you to ask yourself this question. 